Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Spirit Animals. Hey guys, if you didn't listen yet to last week's episode on peace, go over and dive into that. There's a super important distinction I make there, which I think is life-changing. It was for me and for the people that I've shared it with, they're like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah. So take that one in, let that energy circulate in your body. I share why we're being called to move to peace at this moment, um, how to bring peace to all the areas of your life. It's super cool, like super important inner beingness work. At the end of every year, I talked about how I kind of like bring energy into the places that I haven't had it during the year when I was focused on other things and other places and other people and all of that kind of stuff that goes on, I know, for all of us. And I was reviewing my business and I was looking into my website and there were parts of it I felt super connected to and parts of it that just felt like they need to expand like I have over the past year, right? I'm sure there are areas of your life where you want to shift and change things because there's been so much expansion. And it's a time to return to balance too, right? When we have air, when we have areas where we're focusing all of our energy and then other areas where we're not, we just want to at least make a, one time a year or one time a month to get our energy everywhere to all the different areas of our life and feel some sort of balance. So this year, it was my website. And I look at this probably every year at the end of the year, because I have a little bit more time um, to do that. And I went over, like there's over a hundred blog posts on the website, found a, a few spelling mistakes that I had missed from like a year ago, right? Or two years ago, as I'm going through all these blog posts, but I was like looking at what I had written. I mean, so much information and incredible information. Like I was revisiting stuff where I'm like, oh, I channeled that. And that was really, that's important stuff, right? And, um, and just revisiting it, right? Remembering where I've been, remembering what I've shared. It's so critical. I hope you do this in your life. And I made some important changes too, that I felt like were in alignment with how my work is continuing to expand and grow in the lives of people. And I deeply infused that energy into my website and it felt so good, right? It felt like coming home to my little digital home base. And I'm going to share more about these changes and more about kind of ways that that I have expanded or the business has expanded over the past year and how this relates to your life, right? And your expansion. So in the next uh, few episodes, I think, and few sessions, we'll be talking more about this. But I was also reviewing the Soul Frequency Experience, which is the five-week group program that I host live. It's not a recorded program. It is live. I'm on screen um, hosting it. So 
it differs, right? Because the energy of the people differs that come to be in this experience. And we did it three times last year, each time was incredible and was just elevated to new levels. And so each of the 23 people who said yes to that and said yes to their lives and participated in the sacred circle have a totally special place in my heart. There were people that left unfulfilling careers and started something new for themselves. There were people who stepped into their power all from the experience of this program, people who saw new ideas for their life, people who created new boundaries, so important, people who shed limiting beliefs, people who stopped drinking alcohol because it wasn't serving their lives, and people who completely transformed the way they eat and how they take care of themselves. I mean, these are major areas of life. And even with all of this beautiful change, they may not yet realize how the energy that they received in this program will continue to expand in their lives. It will continue to bring new people into their lives. It will continue to create new alignments in every single thing that they do going forward. In life, I think one of the biggest things that we all face is being afraid of being disappointed. Right? Nobody wants to be disappointed. We're afraid that things won't work for us, that maybe they just work for others. We're afraid to make bold moves because like, oh, what if I fail, right? I won't be able to live with myself or what will people think? And this is compiled by the fact that we've been let down before, all of us, right? So many times we have been let down by people. And so the fear only compiles and builds on top of each other, right? And then because we're in such fear, we find evidence of that. Yep, see, that didn't work. Okay, more fear. But here's the thing you need to know. The life you want to be living is on the other side of releasing all of that junk, right? We can get caught up in our minds thinking of all of the fear and what ifs and what if it doesn't work and all this kind of stuff. And it ties up our energy. We're completely stuck in this cyclical pattern. And this is the very thing that keeps us stuck in life. And it's not fun to not be experiencing the things you want to be experiencing in life, right? Certainly wasn't fun in my journey when I was experiencing those things. And I don't think it's fun for anybody. And for those in this sacred circle, life moves forward. And most importantly, you have this incredible built-in group of people who get you, right? I mean, so many times in life, we'll have people and we're like, ah, oh, they don't understand us. They don't get us. They don't get the journey I'm on. And this built-in group of people who are on the journey or have been on the journey and they're moving forward in life, it creates this momentum, right? One energy versus 23 people's energy or 50 people's energy or 100 people's energy, all moving forward in life is like pure magic. So we are starting the Soul Frequency Experience on January 28th. Bring all of your fears, bring your considerations, bring your past pain along with your truth, your heart, your joy, and come be with us. Just like everybody else, you'll realize this is the best thing you did for yourself, like the biggest gift, because I really feel like you deserve to have the life, the body, the health, the career, the joy, all of those things that you want. So go to the soulfrequency.com forward slash experience, get your spot. There's only 10 spaces available and I will see you on January 28th. 
And for today, we're talking about something that means so much to me. It's so cool what got revealed in this episode. You're going to love it. I have had a special animal in my life. We're talking about spirit animals all my life and a deep passion for this animal. I mean, I could trace this through my entire existence back to my first memories. And we're going to talk about this significance, how animals can show up, how we can receive messages from animals like spirit animals, right? And what these animals, the medicine that, that they come with, what they come to teach us about life and ourself. We'll also talk about how you can figure out your spirit animal if you aren't immediately going, yes, I know what my spirit animal is. We also talk about core animals that might be with us our whole life and then animals that might show up just at certain times to teach us certain lessons. And we'll go into how you can find out more about your spirit friend. So Sarah Bamford Seidelman joins me on the show today. Sarah was a physician living a nature-starved, hectic lifestyle until a walrus entered her life and changed everything. She has trained at the Martha Beck Institute and Michael Harner's Foundation for Shamanic Studies and is the author of Swimming with Elephants. She lives in Northern Minnesota and for more on her, you can go to followyourfeelgood.com. With no further ado, Sarah Bamford Seidelman. Sarah, I am so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here, Shauna. Thank you. Yeah. So I was just mentioning that we've been doing this show for two and a half years and we haven't really even talked about spirit animals and animals and totems. And so I can't think of a better person to share about this knowledge. And so I'm thrilled that you're here. This is very meaningful to my life personally. And I know so many of um, our tribe that listen to the show are going to really resonate with you and your book and what you have to share. So this is wonderful. And I wanted to, um, I love your story and I love how you share it. And so I wanted to kind of start there with how you came to know the animals in the way that you do and how you came to the moment where you decided to write this book. Yeah. Well, I was a practicing physician, married to another physician, practicing physician, and we had four kids. And I, you know, I'd been practicing and studying medicine for about 20 years. And I hit my mid, or it was my early 40s, really, and kind of was overwhelmed by life in general, as many of us get that way, you know, when we're raising families and working and all that. Um, but I was really feeling um, less engaged at my work. And I was a a pathologist, which for those of you who are listening who don't know what a pathologist is, they're basically the, the doctors that hunt disease. Like we are the ones, if you've ever had a biopsy or blood specimen taken, we're the ones sitting with the microscopes determining, you know, whether you have an inflammatory condition or, a, you know, a malignancy or what's going on, you know, in the body. And I was just feeling so disconnected with my work, which I had loved for a long time. And so I with a lot of planning and different things, I took a sabbatical for three months. And on that sabbatical, I ended up walking around in the woods, kind of accidentally, you know, just had some time to walk with the dog. And it felt really amazing. And there were a couple times that summer where I remember just like sitting in this marsh. And one time, you know, the, the, the cattails were kind of blowing back and forth. 
And for a split second, I was like, you know, this is uh, going to feel, I don't know how I could explain this to somebody, but it feels like the wind is blowing and talking to me. And it's like telling me things. <laughs> and I thought either A, I'm going crazy, which was not a, like a long shot because in my family, we have a lot of mental illness. Um, and so that was one concern. <laughs> and then the other concern was, well, you know, maybe there's something else that I don't really fully understand about what's going on here on the world. And eventually extended my sabbatical, but that's when I sort of stumbled into this concept that, you know, the wild animals that cross our paths may have messages for us and wisdom to share with us. And as a little kid, I was just absolutely like mad in love with wild animals and watched that, um, that insurance was like mutual of Omaha is wild kingdom or whatever it was. It was like my favorite show. Um, and at the time, you know, this, that summer I was so confused and it sounds fun, like take a sabbatical, but actually it was a very difficult summer because I was really scared. I didn't want to go back to work and to be disengaged in the kind of work I was doing was actually, I knew it wasn't something that was sustainable because, um, you know, one of my jobs was to scan a slide that has a hundred thousand cells on it to see if we could find one or two or three or four, you know, abnormal cells. And I know that I knew that I had to have all my attention in that or we were, you know, it could possibly put somebody else at risk. And so anyway, I started, I read Stumbers with this concept and I thought, well, I, I, this sounds crazy, but like, I've got no better ideas to figure this out. So I started observing, you know, what animals cross my path. And the first one that really kind of caught my attention was a walrus. And I live in Northern Minnesota, so no, it wasn't like out on the trail with me or out at the Lake Superior. <laughs> um, but it was in a shop in our downtown, which sounds really strange. It was taxidermied on the wall, and it just really grabbed my attention. It was quite a spectacular thing to see a giant walrus head. Um, and of course, I went to visit, and I was like, okay, Mr. Walrus, you can give me your message. I desperately need your help. Please, please, you know, share with me. And it wasn't, there was nothing really coming. So I started like investigating walruses. And I always tell people like, if there's an animal showing up in your life, that's kind of keeps coming around, like study them and see what they're doing. And, you know, notice what, what you notice about them. And I watched this hilarious video on YouTube. Well, I shouldn't say hilarious. It was, it was a walruses, a bunch of walruses hanging out on a beach. And what I noticed is they were really relaxed. <laughs> you know, they weren't like worried or anxious for anything, you know, and the second thing I learned about them is that they're apex predators. You know, they are kind of like, they don't have any natural competition beyond occasional a polar bear and a walrus will tangle, but they pretty much try to avoid that because usually it doesn't end well. So very little competition. And I, so I kind of put those two things together and I thought, well, maybe the walrus is trying to tell me like if I could just relax and sort of manage to be myself, which it seemed walruses were quite good at being themselves, you know, <laughs> that I might have no competition. Should I choose a new vocation? Like coaching was something I was interested in. I was interested in things that created health for people. I was really tired of hunting for disease and always having this disease focus. And I wanted like wondered what makes people well. And that idea of, you know, the walruses sort of encouraged me. And so I kept going from there. And then next I started, I heard about this concept of a spirit animal, you know, like that you might have one particular animal, which I call, I've learned to call it poor beastie, you know, who this wild animal spirit that's really there to guide you throughout your life. Um, so anyway, I endeavored to discover who mine was, and I went on a what we call a shamanic journey, which sounds like a big fancy term, um, but really it's just using drum, you know, the, the beat of a drum, that sonic beat to 
uh, alter your consciousness, which is essentially what a shamanic journey is to convert your consciousness into theta consciousness, which is like a deep meditation. And in that journey, uh, when you alter your conscious like consciousness like that, you're actually accessing the spirit realms is sort of the idea. And there I met this mother bear and Jenna, she just took me and she sat me down and rubbed my back. And she said, Sarah, where you're going is not that far away. And all you need to do is like, enjoy the journey. And I was like, but it's so hard. I don't know what I'm doing. And she was like, it's going to be fine. You know, she just really soothed me. And I just experienced this really deep love that I had never, I mean, I had a very loving parents. I had a great, you know, upbringing, but this was an extraordinary kind of love that I experienced. So I kept following that. I love that. It's so beautiful. And you bring up so many, I think, important points on the map of like, there's an incredible amount of surrender that has to happen when you get to a point where you go, okay, the life I'm living is not what I feel like I should be living, but I have really have no idea um, what exactly I'm doing here other than I just feel like I don't really want to do or belong where I used to be. Mm-hmm. And all of the, like, your mind just goes wild with that, right? It's like the mind is going, but what are, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. You know, you do, you feel like you're going crazy. I mean, I've been there myself. You're like, I might be totally losing my mind. <laughs> like, and, and of course, like, you know, there's no, um, there's no lack of other people going, are you sure you're okay? Like, you know, (laughs) what's going on with you? Like, this isn't the you that we used to know. And, but I feel like, you know, and you're sharing that, what's so beautiful about it is that that it's like when we become separated from what we've known or what we've done in the past is the way that there's an openness for something else to come in. Yes. And, and if we don't allow ourselves to become confused or feeling lost or feeling like we're going crazy a little bit, um, then there's no opening for it. And so I just love, and I have had a similar experience that you share of just a profound, like love, like you've never experienced in your life coming in, like something that you can't even, there's no words for it. It's just all encompassing. And so when you feel that, I feel like for the first time, it really is that foundation beneath your feet, I think. Yeah. And then the mind comes back because, you know, even though I had this profound experience, you know, 20 minutes later, I'd say my mind was like, well, come on. I mean, let's come on, Sarah, you know, this is like, you're making this up. And that's a very common thing that we think we're making it up. And, um, but I eventually decided, well, even if I'm making it up, I really don't care. I want to feel that feeling again. I want to, I want to feel love, that kind of love. And I, so I just continue to go back to her, this bear, you know, even though I had no proof, you know, as a scientist. Um, but I'll tell you what I, what I've discovered is that, yeah, the proof comes over time. And I feel like shamans of old, you know, were, were the scientists really, you know, they were doing things by trial and error. They weren't doing it by faith. You know, they didn't, they didn't believe what people told them. They went to see if it was true for them. Exactly. It's so you talk about, you talked a little bit about core beasties and you talk in the book about guest beasties. Like what is the differentiation there? Yeah. So the animals that just kind of come and go in your life, you know, maybe you're noticing like a bunch of crows, like there was a huge flock of crows in your front yard, or maybe, you know, on your Facebook feed, you keep seeing like these baby koala pandas or some, you know, something keeps popping up for you. 
Um, I like thinking of those as guest species. They come for, you know, maybe an hour, a moment, a month, six months, you know, they're kind of in your, in your space for a while and they're there to help you with something that's going on with you currently. And a core beastie is an animal that most likely you've had in, you've been in relationship with your entire life, um, consciously or unconsciously. Um, and oftentimes when people discover who their spirit, their core beastie is, you know, they're like, I'm kind of surprised, but it feels so right. Or sometimes they're like, I've always known this is who it is. I didn't realize I would call it that, but you know, this has always been an important, incredibly important animal to me when I see this bird or when I see this, I just know that everything's okay. Or I, I feel very safe or I feel, it feels holy, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, and the, so just to give like an idea of like, why would I want to know who my core beastie is? Well, it's said that these spirit animals, you know, basically can share with us the love and compassion of the universe. And they fill us, they can fill us with that power, uh, which also is sort of has a protective effect. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to have an easy life or, you know, but it all, it can mean that we are going to be less bothered by all the kind of distractions and all the things that can kind of get in the way of our soul's path. And for me, I think what it, what, my relationships with my spirit animal and subsequent spirits that I got to know was really to totally begin to accept who I am and start to really like your show, this whole focus of, you know, expressing your soul, what you're here to do and having the strength and courage to do what you came here to do. Um, so I think they're really incredible for that. And because we resist these things, you know, um, I'm trying to give an, ex I'm trying to think of an example, like, uh, you know, elephants are, um, that's another spirit animal that I, you know, if you work with the spirits every single day, you'll tend to get more and more of them and become friendly with many spirits. So I have another spirit animal besides my mother bear, who is an elephant, whose name is Alice. <laughs> and, you know, she's just taught me so much about compassion and belonging and, you know, what it means to have patience with each other and, you know, in your community and your family. Um, and I'm still a human being, like, you know, I am so far from perfect, but when I mess up, you know, and go to Alice, she often tells me exactly what I need to do or where I went wrong or, or what, you know, she gives me all kinds of wonderful ideas. Um, so I have a question. Do you, do you read, like, do you see spirit animals around other people? I do not. Um, you know, we all have different ways of perceiving and um, that's not something that I necessarily perceive. Sometimes I will, um, you know, if I'm working with somebody in a healing session, sometimes I will notice like when I call particular animals that many, many more come and sometimes that can be a signal that that person is a jaguar person or, a, you know, um, but it's not like I'm walking around town and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that. I can see the mayor has a giraffe. You know, that would be fantastic. I would love that. That would be a mad, wonderful skill. And I'm sure somebody, I, I think there are people that do have that. Um, that would be wild. It'd just be like a zoo everywhere you go. Right? Oh, but I tell you, it is really delicious fun to discover who your spirit animal is. And then to discover with your friends, your family members, your partners, like, who is their spirit animal? Because you, there's something about discovering who their animal is that helps you really to understand them on this deep kind of soulful level. And also to maybe become more harmonious with them because like, I'll give an example. One of my kids, 
it turned out, I didn't realize this until later, um, that he was a, a, a cat, a kind of cat that's a very solitary cat. Like they're lions, lions like prize, you know, they like to be around each other, but this kind of cat is very solitary. You know, when I was raising my dog, I was like, Laurel, playing Candyland and popping corn down here. Come on down, you know. And he would always be like, no thanks, you know. Right. <laughs> I here. I kind of enjoy my quiet time. And I thought, oh, my God, this kid needs help. But really, I needed help to accept and then celebrate. Like, this is how he um, enjoys. He enjoys spending time with himself. You know, and he's introverted. He needs that time, that quiet time. And he's also so social, too. But um or like my husband, it's really funny. He works with um, one of his spirit animals uh, is a, an owl, this snowy owl, which after I started studying them, I realized, well, snowy owls spend a lot of time sitting in complete stillness doing nothing. Mm. And they don't make a move until they're absolutely certain that, you know, their prey or whatever it is they're doing, that then they're going to take their action. And it's funny because that's been a struggle with us in our marriage, like, because I'm like, an elephant I'm more emotional and more like re reactive and like let's do this and impulsive you know and he's just like sitting there over on the fence you know just waiting and so <laughs> it causes this kind of you know disharmoniousness until you understand and then you're like oh that's just who you are and that's okay yeah it's so beautiful so when I was reading through your book I was um reflecting back I grew up like absolutely obsessed with unicorns mm. all my life, right? Have felt connected to unicorns Love. to the point where I owned like just about everything I used to ask for unicorn. I had unicorn bookends and unicorn necklaces and unicorn everything. Mm. And everyone knew to buy me unicorn stuff. And so and I would draw unicorns and I wanted to draw the perfect unicorn. And so all of my life, and I was laughing because I have a seven-year-old son and, um, and last Halloween, I dressed up as a unicorn. And I don't know why. Like, I just bought this funny, you know, pajama jumpsuit and dressed up as a unicorn. <laughs> but I felt like it was a very full circle moment of this mm. love that I had for unicorns all my life. And I've also felt very connected to tigers because I'm born in the year of the tiger. And, um, and so that would be like probably a secondary connection. Yeah. But during my life transformation, I had extraordinary experiences with animals like and I remember one day in particular sitting out on my back patio and feeling so coming apart that I didn't know anything else to do with myself it's like you're feeling like I just want to jump out of my body mm. because I'm so uncomfortable and I don't know what's going on in my life and I'm everything's spinning and nothing solid. And, and so I was sitting out on my back patio and I was reading this book and just sobbing like and partly because of the book, but partly just because I didn't know what else to do with myself. And mm. these two butterflies just were dancing around me and they came like, and they were flying right by my face. And I remember it was the first time I was like, this is not normal. Like I've never had this happen before with butterflies mm -hmm. and they stayed with me the whole time. And then it continued on with hummingbirds and then butterflies would come with hummingbirds and there would be mm. like several hummingbirds. And then one day I live in a very like populated place in Southern California. Like I do not live, you know, out right. in the woods. And <laughs> one day I was driving down my hill and there was you know, it was a, it's a development where they, you know, like a planned development, there's homes right. everywhere. And they have these little areas where there is green grass, kind of just, it's not even a park, right? It's just like a pretty little patch of green grass area. Mm -hmm. And I'm driving and two deer like come 
out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> and they're walking across the grass. And I literally, I have a picture of it because I started like sobbing. Cause I was like, where did these deer come from? Like yeah. we live in Southern California, you know? And, um, and there would be a hawk that would circle like our house for a period of time. So I went through this succession mm. of just, and that's when I became so connected to, like, I think you have this feeling sometimes too, where I was like, I got to read about, this has to mean something. Like I yeah. have to read about this. I don't even know what's going on here, but, and I had never been a super nature person. Like all the people that have known me forever would tell you, like, I'm not the person that's out there. <laughs> all the time. So this was a new experience for me, but it was something that was so powerful. And I really felt like when I would read some of the messages of of what was going on, I just would feel so comforted by that. Mm. And I felt like it helped me connect at that time because I wasn't before this super connected to, um, to the universe and just the, the oneness. And it helped me say like, even though my, the human people in my life may not understand what I'm going through, the universe does. And I'm supported by other things. That's so beautiful. Yeah, than just humans. So it was really, it was really extraordinary. So when I was going through your book, I was loving reading about, um, and you say something, I want you to share about this. You talk about, because I never took it to this level, even when I was back then, when I was reading about these different animals, um, you were talking about like the tendencies of the animal. Like, is it a person that's awake in the day? Is it a, is an animal awake at the night that we might follow some of these tendencies, like mm-hmm. how they show up? Do they show up in the front yard? Do they show up in the backyard? Can you share some of that? Yeah. So, you know, the idea being that when you're looking for a core beastie, I love your story because sometimes when you ask somebody, you know, did you have a special animal when you were a child like you, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I was so obsessed with, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it was. And so they kind of automatically already know my best friend was like that, like eagles for her. She, I mean, she would be like, stop the car. And like the whole family would be like, what? She's like, there's an eagle. You know, I mean, just, she would wig out because it was just, they, and I don't know if anybody's, there's a, there's a wonderful video of on Ellen and I'm trying to remember who the celebrity is, but it was a sloth and her boyfriend brought the sloth to her house for her birthday. And this person like literally had a meltdown. I mean, because it was so overwhelming. She was shaking and crying when she saw the sloth. So it's like these very, if you have a really strong reaction or you've had a very powerful single encounter or dreams that keep recurring of a certain animal, that's a good clue of who your beastie might be, um, your core beastie. But one thing I always encourage people to do is want to, and if you're wanting to find out who yours is, you can go to my website and we'll give that later about, um, you know, and you can go on a journey and find out who yours might be. Um, But what that can really be useful for is so to do some research and learn about these animals, like how do they thrive? How do they protect themselves? How do they defend themselves? How do they hunt? Um, And sometimes when we begin to bring those kind of flavors, those kind of frequencies into our own life, the way we're working, then things start to go better for us. And I don't mean literally, like you're not going to become a leopard and stalking things, you know, but for example, um, I'll give an example early on in my, when I was on my sabbatical, I had decided to do some work with a friend doing interior design work because I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to be doing interior design work, which is another passion of mine, which sounds crazy. Go be a doctor, then be an interior designer. But anyway, I was doing it. It became very uncomfortable doing that, which was very confusing. And I'm sure on your journey, you tried different things and it wasn't working. 
But one of the things that the bear helped me, my bear helped me with, she said, it's, you know, bears are very solitary unless they're raising a cub, you know, they don't, they're not around other bears. They just are very solitary, need their own time. And at that time I really needed to be alone. And I eventually told my friend, like, I can't do this. And we had to, you know, we, we shut down the part of the business that we were doing together. And that was difficult, but I knew uh, even though it was kind of illogical because I knew because of this bear that I needed more alone time. Uh, let's give other examples. I'm trying to think of good, other good examples. Another person I know who works with um, Eagle, uh, she, Eagles spend a lot of time resting in their nest because when they hunt, it's extremely energy consumptive. You know, it's a very, you know, as they fly and then grab whatever they're grabbing, like a giant fish out of the ocean and then haul it back up to their nest. It's exhausting work. So they're resting a lot of the time or they're gliding through the sky and like coasting on the wind. And what this helped my friend realize is that she was an entrepreneur and that she was spending too much time like busy work and she needed to carve out more time for rest, more time for strategizing and start handing off some of her work to other people so that she could really oversee like from that eagle viewpoint, like that way high viewpoint. Um, so that's a really a beautiful thing if, if you have an, like, and, and unicorns, when I think of unicorns, you can read the mythology of unicorns and find out what, you know, what were they famous for and why, you know, and I write about, of course, in the book about, you know, what I found about unicorns and what was inspiring me and, you know, uh, but I always think of them in this, as this incredible guardian of like love, the sacred love, you know. And so it doesn't surprise me that somebody like you who is, you know, this bright light is, it has a unicorn in their, in their posse. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so beautiful. And you made a significant, it was, I haven't also read this where you were talking about um, like where they show up and also yeah. what you're thinking when they show up, like right. what might be the thoughts running through your head. Yes. So as you're listening, um, so let's, let's just learn how to do this. So how to receive your own messages. So you can look them up in my book and there are other resources as well, but you can also find out, get discern your own message from every animal that crosses your path. So for example, for a guest beastie, um, let's say you see, I don't know, a, a squirrel on the high wire, you know, like electrical wire walking across your power line, you know, walking through your yard somehow on the power line, you're going to ask yourself, okay, what's been going on with me for the last 24 hours? Um, and I'll think about, okay, like, well, I've been struggling with one of my kids, you know, my teenager, and she's been cranky, and I've been kind of irritated, and I want her to do things, and she won't do them. Um, and then I see this swirl on this high wire you know, balancing perfectly, walking across this power line, you know? And so I just asked myself, what might he, this, the way he's being, what might he be trying to tell me that's trying to help me with my daughter? And so that might be, you know, just going, okay, like, you know, it's a very fine line between, you know, how do you discipline a 16 year old? You know, you don't really, they're becoming adults. I mean, and so fine line between compassion and action, you know, just gets me thinking in a different way about the whole situation. And so that's how, you know, so exact, so the whole concept is what pay attention, see what animals are really captivating you. Then ask yourself, what have I been going through the, what's really bugging me or what's a problem that's kind of been bubbling up the last 24 hours. And then ask like, you know, is this, 
maybe the beastie is like totally resting and surrendering in the sun. Maybe that's an indication to you to kind of give it up for a little while and take it easy and kind of set it, set whatever problem it is, is aside, you know, and then to think about it again after you've had a good night's sleep. Um, I love that. I love that. And I think it's also too, sometimes in hindsight, like if you just write it down, I remember at the time where I was seeing, you know, started seeing the butterflies, I just kind of wrote it down and what I was doing or what was going on in my life. And then when I returned to it later, I started to like see patterns and things. And I started to see like, oh, this keeps showing up around this time or Mm. in this place or when I'm doing this, which I thought was super interesting too, because it really illuminated. I mean, it clearly illuminated what it was about Mm. for me, like, and what they were trying to share with me. And sometimes in the moment you, you don't always see, and then you step away from it and you look back and go, Oh my gosh, like how extraordinary. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately what I, I, I think it's sort of an awareness practice. We're all so distracted. There's so much going on and just simply starting to pay attention to hmm, what animals are crossing my path and what is going on with me. You begin to sort of really build a relationship with the universe or with the, you know, the creation, whatever you, whatever word you want to call it, God, the higher power, you know, you start to make connections and over time those get deeper and deeper. And just all I can say is for me, the world has just become a much more profoundly beautiful place because you, I've just realized, like, as you were describing those beautiful butterflies and the deer coming and realizing and knowing they were coming for you, that it was, it was there to soothe you. It like that the universe is a very friendly place, <laughs> despite yeah. all the things that are happening that are difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot so of important. Love. I love that. And I know you were going to share a place where people can go to find out their beasties. Your book is called The Book of Beasties. I can't highly recommend it enough. It's so it's so well written and it's so beautiful inside. And I loved reading through. It got a conversation going in my household. I was asking my husband and my son, like, what animals, oh, you know, do you connect with? And so we were all writing down, you know, our animals and any experiences we've had with animals, which I think, like you said, just in getting to know when you were sharing about your husband and your son, like yeah. getting to know, you know, what the people in your household or the people you love connect with, and then seeing the traits of that animal mm-hmm. just gives us more compassion and grace with people and understanding like, hey, we're not all built the same and mm-hmm. we can't expect everybody else to act and interact and react like we do. And so leaving room for that, I think it's a wonderful conversation to have. So let us yeah. know where we can find out more. And I was going to say too, it helps you to fall in love with yourself because as you begin to realize that this animal like is part of your life, you start to go, wow, that's amazing. I'm amazing too. Um, so that you can go to followyourfeelgood.com, followyourfeelgood.com. And there, if you just subscribe in the little yellow box, you'll get immediate access to a shamanic journey where I kind of talk you through and hold your hand as you go into this uh, meditation where you have the opportunity to encounter a spirit animal. Um, and then you can use it again and again. And there, you know, there are tools on my website too, if you want to dive deeper into this, because of course I didn't stop with that one visit. I just kept going back and visiting. And if you're a creative, an entrepreneur, a parent, uh, a healer, I mean, I can't say how beautiful this resource of working with the spirit animals is because they, they're just so they're just so knowledgeable and wise, you know, and can help us. 
so much. It's so amazing. It's, I agree 100%. And um, we're going to ask you the four questions we ask all of our guests. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's do this. Um, the first pillar in the anatomy of transformation is truth. I believe that when we get to some deep truths within ourselves, that that is a powerful catalyst um, that helps move forward our evolution. So what is a deep truth that you've come across maybe even recently in your life? A deep truth, I guess, is that, hmm, I've got so many different deep truths going on right now. You know, um, I think it's that I, we're always supported, you know, we're always being guided, we're always being led to the next thing and the next thing. And it's really just all, our only job is just to be willing and to prepare as best we can for what we think that we have to do. Um and the rest will be shown and it will be so much better than we thought. <laughs> I think that's what I've been learning lately. I love it. You said that brings me back to a line you said in the book, which I thought was really powerful is how good are you willing to let it get? Yes. that's what, That was the other thing I was thinking about sharing because I just feel like what I learned is that I was mainly the, the one thing blocking my own joy and my own, totally. you know, raising my own frequency. And it was like, the only thing that was going to stop me was me. And so I find that we all kind of put these invisible glass ceilings on our own joy, on our own success. And so I love to ask that question, how good would you, you know, are you willing to let it get, you know, could you let it? And I, and I have friends now who will parrot that back to me when I need to hear it because I forget. And they'll be like, Sarah, how good are you willing to let it get? I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm like, I am willing to let it get so good. You know, just because we can all get scared. We can all get nervous or, you know, doubtful or whatever it is because we're human. Sure. Absolutely. The second pillar is release, um, which is challenging sometimes. And it's like, sometimes when we see a big truth, there's usually something that we're going to release on the other side of that, whether that's a belief system, whether that's a way of seeing life or a limitation, or even sometimes people from our life or ways of being that don't, don't serve us anymore. So as you, you know, have been looking at this truth of like, okay, everything happens as it should and everything happens in its divine and right timing and all of that. What is, what is it that you release on the other side of that? Yeah. I think what I've been working on all summer is this idea of releasing my control, like stopping trying to play God and surrendering to this, this higher force, this universe, this, you know, and saying whatever it is that want you want to happen, like I'm here to help it happen. Just show me what I need to do. Mm, and, I love that. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's kind of that thing. I always explain it like where you keep surrendering like your personality kind of or your ego. Mm -hmm. Yes. And saying, like let life work through me. Yes. However, however you want to use me as a vehicle, like, you know, I will go, like mm -hmm. I will listen and I will go. And that's a process, right? Because the yes. ego wants to step in and say, no, it needs <laughs> to go like this. Or no, I need to control these things. So I love that. The third step is experience, which is when we keep surrendering, when we keep releasing the things that stand in the way of feeling that connection, like what is your experience of life that changes? Uh, I think that we miraculous things happen, like things that I wasn't formally, I never thought I could do because I've tried it a thousand times and I have not been able to do it suddenly become possible. Mm. I mean, just things that I just 
could never have dreamed of that could work when I finally just said uncle <laughs> and said, I'm getting out of the way. I'm going to stop trying to control this. And I'm just going to, yeah, like, how can I, how can I serve this? How can I serve this force, this benevolent force in this beautiful fortress of the universe that we are living in? What it, you know, what is it that you want me to do? I, I bowed to this <laughs> and that may sound a little kind of uh I don't know, but that's how I'm feeling it. Yeah. 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 That's so powerful. And the fourth step is also a line, which is what keeps us at that higher frequency. What are the practices or the things that you do or the things that you believe um, that keep you returning to that new experience? For me, meditation is number one, like my conscious connection with the the universe, God, the higher power. And then the second thing is connection. Like I spend a lot of time with friends and I spend a lot of time with my partner, with my kids, you know, not every hour of the day, but I get my strong dose of people a lot, you know, connection. Cause I need to, you know, to talk and to share and to listen and to be understood and to understand. So that's really powerful for me. Mm, I love that. Don't we all, right? Mm. Really? Even if we don't think we do, I mean, yes. I think it's a fundamental need. And I think when you can surround yourself with people that are loving and caring, and it feels like a positive connection, that the walls come down and that so much more is possible in our lives. I mean, one of the things I know is that our environment, like the people we put us around, are mm-hmm. ourselves around are so important to how we evolve. And when we're in wonderful, connected, supportive relationships, that really helps. Yeah, and it can be very vulnerable to say, I'm kind of lonely and would you want to go walking with me? Yes. You know, but I've I've said those things because I can get really isolated being a writer and being a, like a healer. It's I'm not working in an office building packed with people. You know, I'm just pretty much mostly on my own, except when I'm working with a client. So, or when I'm talking to a fabulous person like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's reaching out. I think that's amazing. And I think all of us can probably do more of that and connect more. And, and it's so funny because sometimes you think that you might be reaching out to say, Hey, can we go on a walk for you? And that person might need it as much or more than you do. And so it's realizing that sometimes even in our desire to connect with somebody, we're actually feeling that they have a desire to connect too. And they might, you know, be going, Oh, I don't want to bother that person or I don't want to reach out. And so that connection is that two way street. Yeah. And check on those friends you haven't heard from, from a while, you know, like our ego wants to go, well, why don't they call me? But like, sometimes the one who gets really quiet is the one who's suffering and they just need a little bit of a loving reach out, a text, something, you know? Yeah, it's so true. Well, thank you so much. I, you guys go out and get the book of beasties. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of like a book you would keep forever and just be able to continue to reference um, as you walk along your path and as these beautiful animals come into your world. And I really think how frequency works, right? Is that as soon as we hear this stuff and we attune ourselves to this, we start to be more present to it and it starts to show up in our reality more and more. So I love it that you wrote this book. I love that you took the time to, you know, be with these animals and share this information. So thank you for that. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Thank you.